Welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. My name is Adam Lyons, and today I am joined by the legendary Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. I'm not kidding. The actor that played Scorpion in the original Mortal Kombat movie, his name is Chris Casamassa. And beyond being a badass ninja that can defeat all of the enemies from Earthrealm and help Shang Tsung in his goal to conquer Earthrealm, he's actually an incredible business owner who owns 15 martial arts studios and runs a mastermind called Business Combat with a K. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Chris, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Adam. Happy to be here. Obviously, at some point, I'm totally going to ask you about the Mortal Kombat movie. But more importantly, um, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about um, your martial arts student, what you do, because, um, you know, obviously I know, but it's got an incredible pedigree, right? Yeah, we've been around since 1965. So this is our 57th year in business. Our company was started by my dad when he fell in love with the martial arts during his time in the military. He was in the United States Marine Corps, got stationed in Japan, fell in love with it over there, uh, and actually stayed extra time so that he could make black belt in Japan. Uh, my dad actually, I believe, is one of the first five Americans to ever be promoted to black belt in Japan at the Kodokan, which is the original judo training hall. Uh, and he was promoted by the son of the founder of judo, a gentleman named Risei Kano, whose father, Jigoro Kano, actually created the style of judo. But he fell in love with it, came back to the United States, continued his training. My dad had gotten black belts in like 10 different styles of martial arts, and he never really loved any one of them. He loved them all. So in the early 60s, he did something that was unheard of, and he combined styles of martial arts, uh, which is why I say that quite literally, we are probably America's first mixed martial arts style. Which is just phenomenal. What, what I love is uh, when, when you and me started talking, um, I have a lot of friends that are, um, are stuntmen, believe it weirdly. Um, I just, I have, because I used to work in film, um, you know, I used to end up love hanging out with the stuntmen and talking to them. And the minute I mentioned that I was you, they all go, Red Dragon, Red Dragon. Ah, yeah. that's great. So, yeah, which, is, which I love because I'm like, I'm, you know, hanging out with Chris Castmaster and they didn't reference Scorpion, they referenced Red Dragon because to them, um, you know, your martial arts studio is, is, you know, the best. Wow, that's kind of cool to hear. Right. Yeah. Now you, you original Karate Kid movie as well. So, I mean, martial arts has been a thing you've done for years. Yeah. I started, uh, you know, when I was four years old and, uh, I, I tell people, I don't remember wearing diapers. I just remember wearing a karate uniform and it was, <laughs> it, you know, my, and the reason was, you know, it was my dad's business and, you know, my dad was my first hero and still my hero to this day. And he did things in the martial arts that I, I haven't even done to this day. Like he created an entire way of doing martial arts, which is phenomenal. But I always wanted to be around him. And I quickly learned that the easiest way to be around my dad was to be in the martial arts. So I started young, but my dad taught me a very important lesson when I was young. He said, listen, you can start training, but you cannot quit until you make black belt, which when you're four, it's like, okay, dad, whatever. It doesn't really mean a whole lot to you. But going through the course of becoming a black belt, like, listen, the truth is 80% of students that start martial arts don't make it to black belt. It gets too hard, too difficult, too challenging. They find an excuse or a reason why they can't train. But when your dad's the owner of the school and he says you can't quit, 
like didn't matter what excuse I gave him. It was always like, great. I'll see you in class tomorrow. Great. I'll see you in class tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and it took me forever. It took me like six years. I didn't make my black belt. Until I was 10 years old. Uh, so it took me forever to get there, but I made it. And um, I listen, I'm glad that he taught me that lesson about dedication, discipline and focus at a very young age. Which actually is, you know, a key component of why I wanted you here. When I talk to business owners, the number one thing they talk about to me is they say, how do you find the time in the day? How do you get everything done? How do you achieve everything that you do? And, um, you know, like you, not with uh, karate, but I was a professional fencer, um, traveled the world doing, you know, international competing. I was ranked in, in both Africa and in England. And you don't get to be world-class at uh, any kind of martial arts without dedication. And while fencing may not have um, the same uh, rules of respect, uh, we often fling masks at each other um, if we're upset at the result, which I don't think is, is common in, <laughs> in any other martial art. But you still have to be there early, be there first, focus, know what you're doing, train all parts of your body. Um, and this is something that, that you've brought into business. That is correct. Stick, stick with it. Listen, there, there's, there's two sayings that I, I try and do. Number one, uh, we, you and I, and everyone listening to this is given the same amount of hours in a day that were given to Einstein, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. We're, we're all running the same day. Like they don't have any extra hours that, that we don't, right? Same hours. So it's just a matter of which is the second part is your goals and your dreams have to be stronger than your excuses. I love that. I absolutely. So if, if there was, if there was any kind of like um, tips you could give somebody on, you know, if they, if they are finding it hard to stick to a schedule or something like that, or maybe they haven't found those big lofty goals, what, what are some like practical steps somebody can take away from this to get their mindset, um, you know, in place? I'm, I'm thinking of a few people I know that need to listen. To <laughs> well, listen, I kind of, I kind of already touched on it, right? There's for, for me and you, listen, we have families, right? So my, my, my why is my wife, my, my kids. Like, that's why I do what I, I I'm blessed, right? I'm genu I genuinely love what I do. Like sharing my passion about martial arts and for martial arts is something that is part of my DNA practically. So I love it. And I'm blessed to make a really good living at following my passion. A lot of people aren't in that space. So if that's you first, you got to do, it's like a Gary V thing. You got to start with a little side hustle. Find something you're passionate about and start just spend an hour a day on that thing and then start to scale up from there. And if you're already doing it, but you're not, you're not really where you want to be, then you have to set those goals about getting to where you want to be. And what's your driving force? Why? Like for me, giving up wasn't stronger than providing for my wife and my kids. I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. So yeah, and this is, this is so, so important for people to realize, like, if you're trying to go through the motions, but you don't really care the result, you absolutely won't get that. Like you said, you'll find all the excuses not to do it. So, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a massive Mortal Kombat fan, you know, Scorpion fan. And one of the stories I got from talking to you um, was a really good insight into how a multi-million dollar company can make a massive mistake by not listening to the audience. And um, I talk about this all the time. I do a lot of offer creation. I help people create products. And I'm always telling them the best way to create an offer is to talk to the audience and identify what they want and then deliver that to them. And the deliver that to them is a key component. You need to actually deliver what they want, not what you think they want. And there was a, a moment, you were telling me in the, in the Mortal Kombat movie, the original one in 1995, where, where you were Scorpion, where the test screening, uh, they, they got it wrong. If you, if you don't mind sharing that story, because I think it's a classic example of, 
of a, a mistake costing somebody a lot of money. Yeah. And the mistake wasn't so much that they didn't want to deliver. It's just that they kind of ran out of time, but you know, we asked for a couple more days anyway. So long story short, Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage and I spent weeks rehearsing our fight scene. He really wanted to get it right. He wanted to do authenticity to the character. I was a huge fan of the game. My two favorite characters were actually Raiden and Scorpion uh, in that order. Nowadays, of course, it's Scorpion, then Raiden. But uh, so I really wanted to do some justice to the Scorpion character, having been a fan of the game myself. So we were in Thailand in this rubber tree forest and we we're getting ready to do the shots. I was there for three weeks. They didn't get to us until the very last day. And as most movie, uh, anybody that's worked in the industry knows, they tend to go over budget and over time, right? They're given a certain amount of time, a certain amount of money. Things happen. Movie production is, is a, a unique animal itself. But this movie was like any other. It ran a little bit over. So we were, had this huge fight scene, like three and a half minute fight scene, all done. We start doing the, the graphics for where Scorpion, the creatures chasing through the forest. Uh, it's going through there. We get through all those. They're called block shots. We get through all those block shots. And it's now getting later in the day. And I know it's our last day because my plane ticket had me at the airport the next day. So the whole production was wrapping. And I'm, I looked at Linda and I go, man, I don't, I don't know that we're going we're gonna to get through this. So they go, all right, we're going to do the fight scene. We did a couple of the wide masters, but they're like, we just don't have the time to do it. So we're going to take the part where he runs at you and does the kick. And that's going to kill you. And I just looked at the director and I go, one kick and Scorpion dies. And he's like, yeah, you know, it'll be fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do something and blah, blah. And I look, and how you been a fan of the game knowing like, first of all, you're not taking Scorpion out with one kick anyway. It was bad enough that I knew I was going to lose because I was trying to convince them the whole time. Like, you know, it'd be cool if Scorpion won. And they're like, uh, yeah, it doesn't say for that in the script. And I was like, nobody at the time. So it was like, I had zero power on the set. Yeah. So I go, okay, listen, you're the director where I'm going to do what you say. I, I take, he runs at me, takes the kick. Boom. Cut to a month and a half later, they do some test screenings. That's what you were referencing. Yeah. And they get to the part where we're in the forest and we do the thing. That Johnny runs at me, hits me with that kick in the forest, and I die. So I get a phone call later that night, and it's the producer, Larry Kazanoff. And he goes, Chris, I got to tell you something. I go, what? He goes, you know the fight scene with you and Linda? I go, yeah. He goes, so it got to the part where he kicked you and you died. He goes, the audience stood up threw their popcorn at the screen and said, there's no way this would happen and walked out. And he goes, Chris, it didn't happen once. It happened three times. So we need to, we need to have you come in and we're going to reshoot the fight scenes. So we were back in LA at that time. So they got this airport hangar in Santa Monica, cost them like $8 million to build. Cause this was way before computer, you know, the stuff they can do now. Um, but they had to build that set you see in the film. They actually built that. We were literally fighting 20 feet up on a platform uh, in an airport hangar in Santa Monica, which became Scorpion's Lair. And we were in there, I think, gosh, almost four weeks shooting that fight scene. So it was an expensive lesson that they learned. But listen, it worked out great. The movie was number one at the box office for like six weeks straight. It, it's done, you know, over time, it's done, it scaled from money, some, a billion dollar franchise. So uh, it, was, it was well worth the investment at the time. I, and what I love about this is I think as a business owner, we can all appreciate idea that oh, we'll just cut a corner here and cut a corner there. Like, and like you said, it's not that they did it intentionally, but it's that they run over time. So we'll just remove this one piece. And I think we, we very often as business owners think, what can we get away with? As opposed to what's going to deliver for the audience what they want. And in this case, you know, thankfully, the, the, the filmmakers, you know, they have the system of putting a screen test in to test before they do a real launch, what we would call a soft launch now. Right. And then they don't just do the soft launch to make money and then do a real launch to make more money later. The soft launch is a test 
to see what tweaks they have to make to make sure the real launch actually uh, flies. And in this situation, it cost them $8 million, but made them billions on the back of it. So it was, right. it was worth making that adjustment, worth making that adjustment. So um, obviously, since then, um, you know, you've now, you mostly focus on, on growing your martial arts studios, but you also have um, business combat. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what business combat is and how it works? So obviously it's a tongue-in-cheek reference to Mortal Kombat because it's business mm-hmm. combat with a K. It's our mastermind that we have for martial arts school owners so that they can continue to grow their business. They can thrive in this industry. Listen, the majority of martial arts school owners uh, are barely making it. And they're, they're, they got into it because they love it. They don't know a whole lot about business or they're not running their business the right way. So our template, obviously, 57 years of experience, 15 locations. We're on track to have 20 locations by 2025 our model just flat out works. And it's not about the style of martial arts, which is the cool thing about having a martial arts mastermind. It's the business, it's the systems. And the thing I tell everybody is my systems have systems. There's no accidental thing that happens in any of our studios. It's all on purpose. It is a designed plan that again, just flat out works. So I've been fortunate enough to share that with you know dozens of martial arts school owners around the country. Now they're doubling, tripling and quadrupling their income because they're implementing systems, not because they're teaching any different, but they're putting systems in their business that allow them to get duplicatable, reliable, and predictable results time after time. And that's what our mastermind is. Yeah, which is fabulous. Is there, is there like a couple of those tips you wouldn't mind sharing that, that might, because obviously I don't know how many martial arts studios are going to listen to this, but there right. might be other companies that can benefit from those sort of like more obvious or, or you know, some things you don't mind sharing. Sure. Well, a couple of things. I mean, it really all comes down to this business is a customer service business. And if you're not servicing your customers and doing something that they would never expect, then they're just going to go to the martial arts school down the street, right? Like I could throw a rock at my front window and almost another martial arts school. They're everywhere. They don't all win, but they are everywhere. Um, so really on the customer service, that's, yeah, it's a powerful throw. Yeah. It's maybe a mile and a half from here, but I am Scorpion. So I could probably throw a mile. Right. Exactly. Um, but like customer service, like we do unique things that they would never expect. So, you know, they don't just give us their money and we just say, here, sign this contract. Like there's an entire onboarding box that they get, which is like a welcome to Red Dragon. That's got all of our swag in it. It's got sticker packs, keychains, pens, pencils, folders, stuff the kids can use. It's got a, a copy of my number one bestselling book, Bullyproof Fitness, Bullyproof Life inside of it. So, and, and a Red Dragon Studio shirt. So it's this whole exchange of value Beyond that, we do two, four, and six-week onboarding calls. So when somebody signs up, we don't just take their money and throw them in class. Two weeks, there's a call that gets scheduled to, to say, hey, how are you doing? How do, you, do you have any questions? Four weeks, six weeks. In between that, we have three, five, and seven sticky letters that go out that, again, show value, help us build rapport, and give them knowledge because training in martial arts isn't something we can't... We just assume that they know, which is a mistake owners make. Like, oh, you signed up for my business. You know everything about it. No, you don't. We've been around 57 years. There's no way in two weeks they're going to learn everything about a 57-year-old business. But through these processes, and then a series of videos goes out and emails. So there's this whole... Again, it's systems within systems that allow us to build culture quickly, build rapport fast, and keep retention high. Because that's the other thing. There's a high turnover in the martial arts industry. And just like in the fitness or gym industry, there's a high turnover. But ours... Like our industry for martial arts is a 7% average turnover rate. But for Red Dragon, we're at like 2.5%. So we're well under the industry standards because of what we do to build that culture right away. I don't know if that helps, but no, you know, it insider does. secret. It's so, okay. no, it's so useful. And actually, I, you know, I got some massive takeaways. I know so many people that sell online programs and don't do personal follow-up. You know, they send a digital program and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, that personal follow-up is, is, is a no-brainer to make you feel like you, you're cared about. 
Um, and it's funny, we, you know, we have a, a fitness company and one of the first things we told the fitness company when we, we purchased the percentage of it and got them through their promotions um, was you need personal text text message reach outs we were doing. So it's like, hey, how is everything? How are you finding it? Do you need any more attention? Um, and they loved it. And it made a massive uh, you know, uh, change in the, uh, the, the comfort level and, and the, the results we were getting into feedback. You know, everyone was loving it. So no, I, I absolutely loved that. So, um, so you know, we're rounding out towards the end now. There's one question I always ask everyone, which is uh, the name of the podcast is Smart Businesses Do This. If you were going to complete that sentence, what do you think smart businesses should be doing? They have a communication channel that allows them to get their message out in a way that their customer understands. And here's what I mean. You and I are on a podcast right now, but you're also filming this. Some people want to hear my voice. Some people want to see me. Some people want to see you. Some people would rather read the transcription in an email. Some people would maybe get a text blast. So I don't know how my, every one of my customers prefers to be communicated to, but what I know is I can communicate to them in five different ways so that no matter what, my message gets to them. So the rule is you can never over communicate with your members. I absolutely love that. It's funny you say that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll top it off. I say the same in our company. Sometimes in our company, I'll, I'll be saying something and someone will say to me, hey, um, you've said it, I've got the point. I was like, listen, with love, I'm going to over communicate this because it's so much better that we have a habit of over communication versus a habit of under communication, um, making sure that people fully understand. 100% agree. That. 100%. I love that. Chris, if people want to learn more about you and, you know, find out about business combat and some of the other things you're doing, or maybe even join Red Dragon Studio, um, where's the best place for them to go? Well, if they're in Southern California and they want to do martial arts, reddragonkarate.com is the website to go to. If they want to find out more about me or, or anything like that, just go to, good luck spelling my name, but it's chriscasamassa.com. You can find me there. I'm also really easy to find on just about any social media channel from Facebook to Instagram to YouTube to Snapchat to TikTok. I'm everywhere. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the way I found Chris Casamassa was Scorpion Mortal Kombat movie 1995. That's how I did it. So I highly recommend you guys, uh, you know, go check him out and see everything that he's doing. Um, we've got a, a good mutual friend, Mike, Michael Burnoff as well, if you guys know. Yes. Uh, Michael, Michael Burnoff, uh, he's an amazing person. I'll get him on the podcast. He hasn't been on here yet. But, uh, but yeah. So Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate uh, having you here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Adam. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.